you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 135 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today I'm going to be catching you guys up on all of the day's action and the playoff seating after Friday night. Plus, I'm going to take a look at how the A's match up with the Astros if they do end up being the number three and number six seeds. So uh, that's what we got going for you guys today. Before I get into anything, though, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Anyways, we had to watch one boring, boring game, I must say. Uh, Chris Bassett looked great, so he wasn't boring, but there was no scoring. The A's, uh, at this point in the season, I'm looking for uh, good signs, and there weren't that many of them other than Chris Bassett completely shoving and having a great, uh, great outing on his final outing of the season. So, uh, yeah, that was not fun. Looking for the offense to get going a little bit because that's going to be the key. They need to put up just a few runs every game in the playoffs and then uh, maybe the A's have a chance. But as of right now, not looking great until the 10th inning. The A's ended up winning this game 3-1 to in extras on a Mark Canna two-run homer. So uh, that was lots of fun. It uh, All four runs came in the 10th inning. So uh, yeah, there was not a lot of offense. There was a few hits. So that was cool. But when the outcome of the game doesn't necessarily matter, you're less invested in so I was just less invested in this game. I'm, I'm ready for playoff baseball, um, but I'm going to go through my rundown here real quick for you guys. Chris Bassett, he looks ready to go in the postseason. He went seven innings pitched, which may not slot him for the game one start. Uh, the announcers were saying that if he goes shorter, then maybe he could still pitch game one. But with uh, with him going seven full innings, going roughly 80 pitches, uh he might be the game two guy. And I think that I'm okay with that. Here's why. Uh, I, I've said it a couple times on the podcast, but if they do lose game one, then you have your most consistent guy going game two, best chance to get you that, that win that you need. And if they win game one, then you have your most consistent guy going in game two, and he can get you that win that you need. So I like uh, Chris Bassett game two for that reason. I'd be okay with that. I know that a lot of people want him game one, but you know, Keep him on rotation and, you know, uh, don't put him on short rest to start the postseason. That's not something you necessarily want to mess with. But so anyways, he went seven innings. He gave up five hits, struck out six. Uh, that was his line. He's fine. He's ready to go. Uh, Liam Hendricks looked good in his inning of work. He struck out three and used very colorful language. He put on a clinic. He was using different inflections, different intonations, different volumes. It, it was a it was a masterpiece. Also, he was good on the mound, so uh, good for him. Uh, Jake Diegman gave up an inherited runner in extras, and that doesn't count against his ERA. So uh, that his ERA dropped to... 044, so he's still pathetic for allowing that one run that one time, jerk. And before I move on over to the uh, to the offensive side of the ball, um, I will say that uh, I haven't mentioned this on the podcast. I've said it on Twitter a couple times, but uh, follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter. You'll you'll see this stuff. Uh, JB Wendelkin, he's been down uh, with. He doesn't have COVID because uh, Major League Baseball said that no players tested positive, but maybe he they're doing contact tracing to see if he was in contact with somebody. They're keeping out him out as a precaution. It does look COVID-related. Um, hopefully he's back because not having J.B. Wendelkin in the bullpen shortens it up 
a, a decent amount in my estimation. He's been solid for the A's this this year. Yeah, he, uh, he gets strikeouts. He can go two, three innings. That's a piece that you want. Um, he's kind of like Lou Trevino when he was good. You, you, <laughs> sorry, Lou. Uh, you know the 2018 version of Lou Trevino. He's like that, where you want that card to play so that you can save the bullpen and some other guys. I, I know that like Hendricks can go a couple innings, but then would he be available the next day? Uh, Wendelkin is like a second Yuzmero Petit, uh, in my estimation, where he can you know go out there, pitch two, three innings, save the bullpen. Whether the A's are winning or losing, he's going to keep you in the game. So uh, hopefully he gets back and is ready for the playoffs. Uh, I got my fingers crossed on that one. Uh, going back to the game, Ramon Laureano had a an RBI double to bring home Nate Orff. Uh, he's gotten in a couple of games. Good for him. And uh, then Mark Canna topped it off with the uh, walk-off two-run homer to send the A's home victorious. Laureano ended up going two for five with an RBI and scored while Canna went two for three with two RBI and a pair of walks. So uh, if they're getting going, KD had one good at bat and then he rolled over on another one. So that's something. Uh, Matt Olson got on base a couple of times, so we'll see. We will see. The offense overall needs to get going a little bit before the postseason. Uh, scoring four runs consistently in the playoffs could be all that they need to do because they, they have solid pitching. Is it enough? I don't know, but I think that if the offense helps them out a little bit, they don't need to go out there and score six, seven, eight runs, you know, like some other teams. But I think that the A's could win a bunch of like four to three games or something like that because they have solid guys. I They don't have shutdown guys. They have solid guys. And as I tweeted out after the game, I'm like, see, you guys want a shutdown starter. All the A's needed to do was give up one run and then all of a sudden their offense wakes up. So see, the, there you go. So we'll definitely be talking more about the A's offense, their pitching, uh, who they're playing on Monday's episode. So uh, keep a lookout for that one. Subscribe to the podcast so you guys don't miss that one. Uh, I'm going to see whoever they're playing, if I can get uh, the host of that Locked On show, uh, and we can do a crossover, talk about the playoff matchup and all that stuff. I just got to see who they're playing first. So uh, moving on to how things are going with the A's win, they are back in the second seed in the American League, and they are a half a game ahead of the Twins, who hold the third seed. The A's have three games left, the Twins have two, so there's that half game right there. The A's have a doubleheader on Saturday with Mike Miner and Paul Blackburn set to uh, take the bump for the A's. This is basically so that the A's main four starters can get ready for the playoffs, and if the A's happen to drop two of the next three to the Mariners and close out the regular season set, uh, you know, losing those two of three to the Mariners, then oh well, they're the three seed maybe. And then they get to face the Astros, who I will talk about. I am more excited to face the Astros after looking at uh, all of the stats. So uh, we got that coming for you guys in just a couple of minutes. But real quick, I just want to run down the rest of the AL playoff picture because there was some movement and some intriguing movement for, you know, A's, the A's. If uh, they hold that second seed, they are not facing the Indians as of right now. So Tampa, uh, they have the number one seed. They now have a magic number of one to clinch the top seed. And so a, a win by them or an A's loss at any point throughout the weekend will uh, clinch that number one seed for the Tampa Bay Rays. The A's are in second half a game up on Minnesota and Cleveland with their big comeback on Friday move all the way up to the number four seed. So with that, the Indians would currently be slated to face off against the New York Yankees who hold the fifth seed. But as I said yesterday, if Toronto wins their final two games against Baltimore and New York splits their remaining two games against Miami, then the Tarruffalo Blue Jays would then take the number five seed and the New York Yankees would go all the way to number eight and set up a nice playoff date with the Rays. So uh, as I said yesterday, that would be fun. Get rid of one of those two teams. I, I 
almost prefer the Rays to go down, although I like the Rays more, so it's a weird conundrum for me. Um, so that would be an interesting development for sure. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one as the weekend progresses. Uh, but moving along, the Astros lost to Texas, which left the Angels alive for a minute, and then the Angels ended up losing to the Dodgers anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, so the Astros are now securely clinched in the number six spot. So whoever gets the number three spot will be facing the Houston Astros. Um, so that's fun too. That's one seed that we know. The other ones are all up for grabs, except for maybe the number one spot. Uh, the White Sox have lost six games in a row and have fallen to the number seven seed. They were atop the AL Central just a few days ago, and uh, they have just been in free fall. So they're now the number seven seed. If the A's hold the second seed, their new opponent next week would be the White Sox, not the Cleveland Indians, which I, I like the A's chances better against Chicago than Cleveland, so that's a plus. But uh, they got some young bats. They're a little bit banged up. They're not playing well right now. But as we've seen, teams can turn that around real quick. So uh, they're still a very scary team. I think I'd rather face Houston out of those two. But, uh, you know, th this is another possibility. And if that changes, I'll be talking about the Chicago White Sox on Monday's pod. So that's uh, something to keep an eye out for. But uh, coming up, I'm going to be looking at a potential A's and Astros matchup. They've played before. We know a decent amount about them. I'm going to go through some of the stats for uh, their uh, hitters and pitchers and how they fare on the road and against righties, lefties, all that stuff. So they locked in with Locked On A's. We'll be right back. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need. Indeed gives you what you need. There you go. I like that. Uh, just like they have for over three million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Locked on A's is also brought to you by Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And if you guys like Built Bars like I do, keep an eye out for next, uh, next week's ad reads because... They have something new coming. It, it came to me in the mail. I've had a couple of these new things, which I can't tell you about yet, but I will. And I don't know what the ad read says or what the offer is, but keep an eye out for those. But this one's about built bars. This one's a different built product that uh, is very exciting. And I'm very excited to talk about it. So pay attention to those ones for next week. But 
back to this one. Uh, they still have their original 12 flavors, if that's something that you're into. Uh, the raspberry one, I was on the Lockdown MLB podcast with Sully, and he, he was like, which one's your favorite? I'm like, raspberry. So we talked about raspberry for a minute. I really like the raspberry one. Uh, also, mint brownies, a solid choice. But uh, if you're unfamiliar with Belt Bars at this point, uh, let me tell you about them. They are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars, and they are great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a little delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So if you're wondering how you can get your hands on some of these delicious Built Bars, all you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and enter the code LOCKEDON. That is one word, LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. They also have a free cooler with purchase. So you go to BuiltBar.com, you enter code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, then you get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And then, as an added bonus, you get a free little cooler for your little bars. You can carry them all the way around the house and uh, have some fun doing that. Indulging in your little treats, staying on uh, on your weight targets or whatever you do. Or just, you know, having them for fun, because that's what I do. Uh, I do not have weight targets. I have fun targets. And uh, Belt Bars help me achieve my goals. So, uh, yeah, go to BeltBar.com, enter code locked on. You get $10 off and a free little cooler. So, BeltBar.com, $10 off, code locked on. Welcome back to Locked On A's. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you like to listen to the podcast. Uh, we're there. So go hit subscribe on those ones. Also, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, it's playoff time. So uh, questions maybe circling around your head, you can send those to, to me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I will answer those as quickly as I can. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put your mind at ease or create a lot of confusion uh one of those things will happen so uh, go ahead and email us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com i was gonna do uh, an overview of all of the playoff matchups that the a's could have but uh this one in particular just feels like the most likely and i also got very excited looking it up because i did it first which is probably a mistake on my part but uh, i did their matchup with the houston astros and i feel like if the a's feel comfortable with facing the houston astros in a playoff environment, even though it's still no fans in the stands and all that stuff, then, I mean, they can make it happen if they want to. They just drop a couple of games and then all of a sudden, hey, look, we're facing the Astros. Oh, no. Ah. So uh, while losing games heading into the playoffs isn't great, and I have been saying that, you know, I'm okay with them losing whatever games they need to to set up whatever matchup they want to. Uh, so I am standing by that for sure. And while it's not necessarily how you want to go into the playoffs. Uh, I do remember in 2013, the Detroit Tigers were no hit by Henderson Alvarez of the uh, now Miami Marlins. And uh, yeah, they still beat the A's in the ALDS that year. So I don't think it matters. You can get literally no hit like two days before the playoffs start and still win a postseason series. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what they got going for them. Um, I, I'm not advocating for the A's to get no hit in any of their three games against the, uh, the Mariners, but you know, if it happens, it happens. Maybe they'll win a couple of rounds. I, anyways, uh, let's go into the actual A's Astros potential series. If the A's get the three spot, whoever gets the three spots facing the Astros, that's how this works out. Uh, the A's are currently number two. They're a half a game up on the twins. So there's some leeway there, uh, that's very easily, uh, attainable there. So there are a lot of reasons that 
a matchup with the Astros sounds appealing to A's fans and probably the A's themselves. Uh, One is there's still the vendetta for the whole cheating scandal thing. So that's going to play a small role, I would assume. Uh, Also, the A's are 7-3 against the Astros this season and including a 7-1 record against the Astros at the Coliseum. So... They've had their way with the Astros at home, and this series would be three games at home, or or potentially three games at home. They might only need two, Um, so there's that. Another reason here would be that they could use their three best pitchers without uh, worrying about how the other team hits, how the opposition would hit who they're throwing out. Like, the White Sox crush lefties. I know that much about the White Sox. They crush lefties, and that would basically take uh, Shamanaya and Jesus Luzardo and make them question marks. Luzardo's already kind of a question mark. He's a wild card. But uh, Manaya's been pitching really well. And I think that for the A's to get past, you know, further in the first round, further than the first round, uh, they're going to need him to pitch and pitch well. So, uh, yeah, the White Sox might not be a great matchup in that regard. But facing the Astros, they would be able to use their three best options. So that is a plus. Uh, Manaya went seven and gave up a run in his only start against the Astros. Bassett has gone seven innings in both of his starts and given up a total of one run. And Lizardo has gone 12 and two thirds and given up four runs against the Astros. So they've had success against the team that they would be facing. Um, on top of these numbers, the Astro offense has had a tough time against lefties with a 701 OPS and a 94 WRC plus. So just a little bit below league average on that one. Uh, Martin Maldonado, Alex Bregman and Yuli Gurriel all excel against left-handers in general, uh, while George Springer and Josh Reddick fed pretty decent seasons. They're like 20, 20% above league average. Uh, Correa's been roughly league average, and then uh, Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley are around 15% below league average. But uh, one thing that kind of stands out is Jose Altuve has been terrible against left-handed pitchers. He has a WRC plus of 50. That is 50% below league average. Not, you know, Jose Altuve average. League average. So, uh, yeah, he's 8 for 47 against lefties this year. Not a great stat line. I think it's like a 170 batting average. Not positive on that. You can double check. On the flip side of that, they are a little bit better than league average against right-handed pitchers. And Chris Bassett's had his way with them, so he might not fit into that uh, same mold. Maybe they've crushed all other righties besides him. Um, They have a team... WRC plus of 102 against righties. Brantley, Springer, Tuckman, and uh, Tucker and Bregman are all uh, have an on-base percentage of 347 or above. So they've all been pretty decent against righties. So that's why you want to go with Luzardo and Manaya as two of your guys, I would imagine. And sticking with Chris Bassett here, uh, he is the best pitcher in his home ballpark in baseball. So he's obviously getting one of these starts. As I've been saying for a week or so now, uh, it's probably game two. He's on turn for game two. Uh, he didn't have a lighter load, so my guess is game two. Um, so we'll see with that. But, but heading into Friday's game against the Mariners, where he went seven shutout innings, he had a 0.89 ERA at home at the Coliseum. That went down, and he's obviously the best already. Um, Jesus Luzardo has also been really, really good at home. He has a 2.40 ERA at the Coliseum, so that inspires a little bit of confidence in throwing Jesus Luzardo out there for any of the three games. Uh, my guess would be game three, could be game one, could be a tandem thing that he does with uh, basically anybody besides Frankie Montas and basically with Mike Fires is, would be my guess. Um, so by that same token, though, uh, two of the Astros likely starters in Lance McCullers Jr. and Christian Javier have great home ERAs They uh, of 142 and 217 respectively. So they have been dominant at home. Not quite as dominant as the two A's pitchers, but you know, it's close. You know, good job. Golf clap. Um, but they won't be pitching at home. So 
by that token, they must be terrible on the road, right? Yes. Yes, they have been. Well, McCullers has been terrible. Javier has been okay. Uh, McCullers has had five road starts and has told 19 and one-third inning pitched. He has allowed 19 earned runs and allowed 23 runs total. So an error helped his ERA from being above one run an inning pitched on the road. So uh, good for him. That's an ERA of 884. You want to face him on the road for sure. Um, Christian Javier would likely be the third starter for Houston, and he has a 497 ERA on the road this year. He is also a little bit vulnerable against lefties, especially on the road with lefties hitting 304 against him away from Minute Maid Park to go along with a 926 OPS. That is a really good OPS to be giving away to just any lefty. Uh, This is basically the equivalent of the 24th best hitter in baseball this year. And I think it's Travis Darno heading into Friday's games. But, uh, you know, the 24th best hitter in baseball is what he makes every left-handed hitter on the road look like. So uh, I will take that for sure. I mean, you got Jake Lamb, you got Matt Olson, you got Tony Kemp, uh, Robbie Grossman can hit lefty, you got Tommy LaStella. They got lefties. They can all be Travis Darno. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he's apparently the 24th best hitter in baseball. Anyways, uh, so with the worry surrounding the A's offense heading into the postseason, and Friday did not help all that, uh, here is some potentially good news. The one starter that we can count on seeing from Houston, the other two are speculation, but I, I'm assuming that those are games two and three, uh, Zach Greinke. That's the guy that we're definitely going to be seeing from Houston, and he has been struggling in September. He has a 6.08 ERA this month, including a start earlier this month against the A's, where he went six innings and gave up four earned. So they don't have great starting pitching right now, especially on the road. We've seen what their bullpen does. Basically, the goal for the series would be stay away from Ryan Presley. I think the A's can take the Astros. They've been doing it all season. I know that the Astros have been in two of the last three World Series but how much did the, the cheating scandal play a part in that? We don't know. Um, judging by how they've played this year, it looks like it may have played a bigger role than we thought, even though they tried to downplay it and people tried to downplay it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it looks like they, they have experience, but how much of that is legitimate? And uh, can the A's overtake them? I, I think I'd like to find out. Uh, obviously, if they lose the series, that would not be fun whatsoever because Astros fans are kind of annoying. They're like Yankees fans in their boisterousness, but have none of the legitimate championships. So it's fun. So that's what I found in looking over some of the stats. Uh, If we do end up, if we, if the A's end up facing the Astros, I will do a little bit deeper dive. I'll hopefully have uh, Eric Heisman on from Locked On Astros, talk about the matchups, what we would be looking for, for our team to win, what we'd be scared of, you know, things like that. Uh, So Monday, I'll be talking about whoever the A's are playing against and hopefully have the Locked On host from uh, that corresponding team on the show to talk about it. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what we got going for you guys for next week. Obviously, uh, during the week, I'll be talking about the playoff series because that's big news. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I live tweet all the games. That is Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. Basically, if you like the show, you'll probably enjoy how we are, how I am on Twitter with a Locked On A's account. It's basically an extension of the show. Some of the things that I say on Twitter make it to the show. And if you tweet at me with, you know, an idea or, you know, something thoughtful, I do tend to talk about it on the show. So follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions, 
I know that there's probably a few of you that have some questions going around your heads with the playoffs. Uh, send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But that's going to be it for me today, guys. Until Monday, when we talk about playoff baseball, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys on Monday.